We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It's Friday, and you know what that means. It's Front Office Friday! Let's go. We're talking NBA basketball. We're talking in-season tournament, all the latest news, and we're going to be taking your questions and comments right here on the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. If you're not a subscriber yet, hit that subscribe button. Turn on those notifications as well. Keith, how are you feeling on this Friday? I'm I'm great, man. I'm excited. We have a full slate of games tonight. I this feels a little bit like uh, you know trickles of games that we drink from the fire hose with yep. like twelve or more games and all that. So I'm excited to get back to a full slate tonight, and then obviously in season tournament finals tomorrow we get the uh, the, the the two teams that. This is all they have to play for this year, obviously, right? This is it. Just the Pacers and then those those uh, fun, plucky upstart Los Angeles Lakers were the underdogs. You know, their way into the finals. So, <laughs> they, no, they, I'm excited. It's kind way. of fun, right? It, it's like a, a kind of this is like maybe sort of what the NBA wants, right? The you have like the David versus Goliath ish story, sure. which is almost impossible to get in the NBA finals because that would mean winning multiple rounds of you know seven game series and that. And here it was possible. So yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it is. You know, I, I also think this is this is also the two kinds of teams that at the outset of this we said might have a better shot in the in-season tournament than in the actual NBA playoffs because of a few factors, right? We, we, in the NBA playoffs, you've got to play at an extremely high level for two months if you're going to go the whole way. You have to you have to play that, that way for two months. So you can get a young team that gets hot for a, a stretch of a few games and they can take the thing down. And of course, that's the Pacers. You can also get a team that's got some older stars that just turn it up for, a, again, a handful of games, and that would reflect the Lakers. Now, again, I'm not saying these teams are going to be easy to deal with come postseason or playoff time. Both these teams can make noise. Just saying that was the archetype of the two teams where people said at the outset, these are the types of teams that could potentially make a push in, in this NBA Cup, this NBA tournament, whatever phrasing we're going to use for it. But um, but so it's interesting that you got kind of both sides. you got the, the older veteran stars, and then you've got the young kind of plucky upstarts, if you will, in, in the Pacers. Yeah, it's also sign of LeBron can bring it, right? Like he yeah. can still bring it when he needs to. When he hit that pull up from the oh my LeBron, gosh, he shot it from like, LA. At that point, I was like, I'm shutting this off. Good night, Pelicans. This is done. Uh, that was just you know unbelievable, you know that he he drilled that one. I mean, yeah, the, the, this is 
this is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a really fun, fun final. I'm excited, like I said, that we've got, you know, a bunch of games going on mm -hmm. uh, tonight as well. Not so excited that we don't have any games on Sunday, but that's fine. I'll get yeah. some uh, Christmas shopping done and something else. I don't know. I'll probably end up watching a bunch of G League and college games instead. Um, but <laughs> it's just, you know, this is, this is uh, you know, good stuff. Hey, let's also note this, a couple things. One week from today, Mm -hmm. uh, trade season kind of unofficially opens, right? Yep. Because all, almost all the guys who were signed over the summer are about uh, the league gets to about 89% of the league can be traded uh, a week from today on December 15th. That'll jump up to about 95 ish percent on January 15th. And then there's always a handful of guys who can't be traded mm -hmm. uh, this year. Uh, so that's kind of the unofficial opening the trade season in two months from today is the NBA trade deadline. So we're like full on into our time here on front. That's right. So if you're tuning in and watching now is a great time to subscribe, put on your notifications. If you put your notifications, you won't miss a Friday live show. We give you a little bit of a buffer there to get in the room and be ready to go for when we, we do the yell and get all fired up here. Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the show. So you, you could get in on that. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be very busy here over the next uh, couple months talking trade rumors and all that stuff. Cause I meant to say this on yesterday's show, but you know what? We're also like, I predict probably within the next week or two, we're mm. going to start getting those insider notebook pieces where they drop oh, yeah. like seven or eight pieces of Intel, all in mm -hmm. one, one thing. And there's, there's, there's sometimes it's very loose and there's not a whole lot to it. Uh, sometimes there is a little bit more to it. And, and those are always fun for us to break down and track and get into all that stuff. So yeah, all, all the good stuff is coming here for what you come to front office show for. And sometimes when you get those, it's like the most important thing gets snuck in like three quarters of the way into the piece. Yeah, it's like a small exactly. little bullet point and yep. you're like reading and reading and reading. And then you're like, wait, what? What did that just say? Yep. Oh, my God. You know, um, that's that's the kind of stuff that we're going to be, of course, breaking down. And we'll be all over that stuff for yep. you guys. It's an exciting time of year. It's our time to shine, breaking down all the trades, all the possibilities, all the transactions around the NBA. Uh, Let me throw one more thing out there just as a PSA. Yeah, Woj did today on Threads. He did a Q and A on oh, Threads. I okay. can't remember Woj ever doing a Q and A on Twitter. Maybe way back in the early days he did, but he did a Q and A on Threads. Probably, I'm gonna guess it was probably about 15, 20 things he answered a lot, and actually answered like a lot of stuff, like about teams and players and hmm. what could happen and things like that. And then there were a lot of general, like, how did you get here type questions uh, for him and his career and all that. So, um, so he did that. So that was a uh, you know a lot of fun, um, you know, to kind of go through that. But why I'm mentioning it as a PSA is. He also announced he's going to be doing it every Wednesday um, is hmm. the plan to do a Q&A on threads. I think this is Woj is slowly but surely going to migrate uh, to threads as being the place where he probably starts breaking his news and that kind of stuff we've seen, uh, you know, and I don't want to get into, you know, the debate of should they or shouldn't they, but a lot of companies have moved away from Twitter X. Uh, recently, uh, the, the Disney family of companies included. So I think we may be moving to the, uh, as uh, Mr. Classic just said, no more Woj bombs. I think we'll still get Woj bombs. I just think they're going to come via threads is where uh, we may start seeing them. I'm not going to say it's fully, but I think there's a chance for a little while this is what's happening. Well, let's be clear. That's not Woj 
saying Threads is the superior Correct. platform. That's his employer saying yep. go, Pushing. go, go yeah. over the yeah. Yep. And um, that's, I mean, we've seen a Disney from their their corporate accounts, whether it be Disney or Marvel or Star Wars or any of the theme park accounts. They've tweeted mm -hmm. in almost a month now. Um, so just just a little bit of a heads up to you know check if you, if you haven't set up a Threads account, you can set it up. You set the notifications. It's not. I don't love threads because I'm a creature of habit. I like the way Twitter is set up uh, with all the, the stuff, but I think that's where, you know, it's going. We've also, if you follow these guys, you put notifications on Choms is also dual posting a lot of yeah. his stuff where he posted on both. So I think we're probably heading into a place where I, I, I think we're going to see, a bit, you know, slowly but surely a bit more migration away from Twitter X. So just something I want to throw out there, because if you're watching this show, you're probably interested in all that sort of stuff. I've been posting a little bit to the threads every now and then throwing some stuff out there. And um, and it's it's fine. I haven't spent a lot of time paying attention to it. I know when it first came out, one of my biggest concern was that it wasn't twitter like that's yeah. what it needs to be in order for our purpose specifically instagram drives me bonkers up the yeah. wall crazy because i will i open up instagram and i suddenly see an important story and it's from two or three days ago <laughs> yeah. and i'm just now seeing it their yeah. algorithm drives me insane because it's not chronological threads yeah. was doing the same stuff initially and that that simply can't happen. So I'm hoping that is is fixed and that it is completely chronological. People had these workarounds and stuff you could get to sure. the threads to try to make it kind of sort of like that. Yeah, if that's going to become a thing where you've got Woj and somebody going over there and they start yep. breaking news there, that has to be fixed because otherwise that's a disaster. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's how you're going to pull pull people over, right? Is is and I'm not saying you know, Woj made Twitter by any means cuz Twitter no. was already a thing. But for NBA fans, that will pull people over. There it'll also pull people um over if if if, if it's not just him, if it's also him sure. and Shams, then you know, if you're an NBA fan, you have to be on there, right? You have yeah. to really uh get focused in there. So that's that's a you know, that's a you know, whole, whole other thing that's coming, but that's just, you know, something I wanted to put out there just because I, I was following it this morning and I was like, huh. And then when he dropped, I'm going to do this every Wednesday over here. I was like, all right, we're probably heading in this direction. So, uh, and then blue sky, I know some people like blue sky. I'm on there too. Their traffic is very low. Um, yeah. over there. It kind of comes in waves. Like somebody will be like, Hey, blue sky. And then that quite honestly is one I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember that. And I sign in and look, but it's, it's like Twitter, but there's a lot of stuff that Twitter has that it's missing. Honestly, mm. let's just go get back to like Twitter being good again. And like, uh, that my big thing with Twitter right now, outside of any of the other stuff, there's just way too many bots. Like it yeah. is crazy. Every tweet I send has, you know, the, all these different kinds of bots underneath the replies, it. it's just like, yeah. And the replies. And it's like, you're trying to filter through. And I try to be active with people in the replies and it's knocked down my activity quite a bit. Cause I don't want to filter through, you know, 30 bot replies to find the one actual question or thought in there. But anyway, that's all, all, you know, stuff. Let's talk hoops. All right. Let's, let's get into basketball. Jared Chalker. Says Trev, the Lakers stomped the Pels. Oh boy, they sure did. You have <laughs> to let out a front office Friday because okay, have at it, my man. I guess I can. Um, <laughs> I, I did. I got to think about the approach. I got to get into the right mindset here, Keith. Like the right frame of mind. 
Um, do I need, need to do some kind of a vocal warm-up? You might need to. I don't want you to strain because I know you, mm-hmm. you've got a game to cover. Uh, or actually, you're you're I'm gonna see you tomorrow, hopefully. This is yeah, this is, is this fun. is very yeah. bittersweet. We need yeah. to talk about this. I'm coming to see you tomorrow, yeah. but that also means I'm going to miss the final. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh well, no. So be it. <laughs> um, it was funny that the minute you booked that uh trip to come here to Orlando, that clinch the Lakers making the uh season tournament final absolutely that is you know that that is the basketball gods at work my friend i I I think maybe you close out the show with a front office friday so that way you can get get built up and you 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 can build up to it that'll be i like that there we can go we'll close out with that we'll close out it'll be a little teaser for the end of the show uh jeremy said happy front office friday halliburton is arriving as a superstar Hopefully that will force the Pacers front office to make moves. Which players think they should target that will fit? Yeah, there's a story out today that Tyrese Halliburton is using the in-season tournament um, and season to recruit star players awesome. uh, to the to the Pacers. And this is uh, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. But what are you what are your thoughts on on that? He's going to try to recruit players to the Pacers, a team that traditionally doesn't have star players flock to. The them. dog is checking in here. Uh, there's, oh, there's Tatum checking <laughs> in. Everybody loves the pop. Um, yeah, I, I'm all about it. Right. I mean, good for him, right. He should be, should be using, uh, uh, that, that to be his kind of recruiting, um, you know, push. Um, somebody just said, Halberd doesn't understand. It's still a small market. No, he gets it, but mm-hmm. he's trying to say, Hey, we can win here. And I'll go back to, if you get the right kind of guys and you start winning, Market size starts to become a little irrelevant to some extent. Mm-hmm. The box and you start, and especially that. if you're winning fun. Exactly. If, if you if you have a fun yep. team that's putting up numbers, yeah. yeah. Yep. The Bucks have proven that. The uh, the um, Thunder proved it back in the day. Now they were mostly homegrown, but you know you 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 get the right kind of guys in there. All of a sudden, you can start winning. Um, what players they should target that fit? It's too early for that now, right? It's we, we don't know. Um, you know, just yet exactly what what they need i would say they need a little bit more size like like more somebody who can be uh you know another uh four that can fit in there and that maybe jairus walker maybe he develops into that um he's played you know pretty well in the g league not he hasn't set the world on fire down there but he's played pretty well so i think that's you know a guy who could fit there but the big thing for the pacers is they have all kinds of flexibility right? They've got cap flexibility. They've got guys that are on very movable contracts um, with all this stuff. We talked about it, I think a couple weeks ago, it was kind of, <laughs> he really wants attention today. Um, <laughs> it was kind of interesting. We, uh, with Buddy Healed, the trade request happened. Uh, they went through all the stuff early and then he's just been kind of playing and it doesn't seem like that's gone away, but that's like, that's like the ideal like this is how a trade process should work. Like, hey, maybe we'll look at a trade, but in the meantime, I'm going to give you everything I have and keep playing. And then maybe what it turns into is, you know what? I don't really want to go. Let's let's uh, re 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 uh, re up the extension talks again, and that could be something that happens here. So I think, uh, you know, we're we're in a you know spot where the Pacers can go in a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a little early to start saying this is the guy they need to go get. Yeah, I mean they've been so good so far, but it's. It's the kind of thing where you can derail a, a rise by by making the wrong move, by being too eager to go all in. Now, that said, if the right opportunity becomes available, you can go for it. You can use use what you've got now as kind of a launching pad. 
you just have to be careful with it that you don't force it because there is going to be organic growth. This is a young team. You can expect them to improve a little bit year after year. And so what they're doing right now, yes, it shows you what their future can be, but at the same time, it's not just throw caution to the wind and let's go. We're a great team now. You got to be careful. Make sure you make the proper steps. And then you're patient. You make the right move, not just a move. You need to make the right move. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And that's the big thing, right? I, I was asked on a radio hit yesterday, uh, you know, is the hardest thing for a general manager to do is know when it's time to kind of pull the plug and yeah. start over. And that, that may be right. Especially if it's a team that's accomplished some stuff and has been together for a while, it can be very hard to tear the team down, but I would say it's the cousin to that is the when to go for it move. Yeah. Right. As you built up, because if you get that wrong, guess what? You're not making the next set of moves. You're you're gonna be uh in a tricky spot because now all of a sudden what's happened is you have made your move and now you can't make the next one. And because you don't have those assets, and if it doesn't work, then what we're gonna see is you're not in charge of making the moves any longer, right? They're gonna go go in a different direction. So you got to be very careful, and that applies to teams like Indiana, Orlando, teams like that, as they um you know kind of climb up here into being you know really uh, relevant uh, type teams uh, for postseason contention. Keith, the, the dog is is, oh, is man, determined. He is like I need it right now. He he is in need of attention. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's something. Let, let me ask you this because this has been on my mind. What, especially after last night's game, what what is going on with Zion? What, yeah, I tweeted about that this morning. That that did not look. I don't know if that was disinterest. I mean, the, I've seen from Pelicans fans have been saying he's you know he's not in in shape. He's not conditioned. His conditioning is a problem. He didn't look super motivated. He definitely didn't look, especially by contrast, when LeBron turns it up, you know. Um, but 23-year-old Zion being nowhere near the energy level of an almost 39-year-old LeBron was noteworthy. He really just kind of was, he was just kind of out there. Wasn't really much of a fact. Had a couple little drives to the basket, but I'm looking at him thinking, man, is there anything Zion's doing right now that Julius Randle wouldn't do? Maybe even probably better? Right now, like that's got to be concerning for the Pelicans. What the hell is happening with this guy? Yeah, there was a sequence where he he um, caught the ball at the top of the key, turned and faced on LeBron. Two dribbles blew right by LeBron yeah. and then finished over AD. The very next play, the Lakers came down. D'Angelo Russell ran a pick and pop with AD. AD popped out to about the top of the key. And Zion just opened his hips and D'Angelo Russell drove right by him for the easiest layup he got all game long. And that can't happen because you can't tell me he has the explosiveness and all that stuff, but only on offense. That doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. And this was this was in like the first or second quarter. So it's not like we were fourth quarter when it was like he's dragging. Right, he's, he's, right. he's saving it for the offensive end. He doesn't have it like this was early in the game. So it was extremely frustrating to me. He looks very disengaged on defense, just like doesn't care. The other part that kills me, he's averaging less than six rebounds per game. How? How, how, how you should be at 10 rebounds per game when you have his ability and his body size. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because over on Twitter, somebody was going at me with, he's only like really like six foot five. 
cool. Russell Westbrook, six foot three and average, you know, 10 plus rebounds per game for years. James Harden is like six foot four average 10 plus rebounds for years. I don't want to hear it. Like this guy should be at 10 rebounds per game because one, he should be using the big body to block guys off the ball, push them away and just get them that way. And then he, he can jump twice before most guys are down from their first, first leap. So that's extremely frustrating to me that he doesn't get more rebounds. So I just, it, it's, I, I don't know, man. He talked about it himself and said, my effort needs to be better night to night yeah. and all that stuff. So maybe that's all it is. But man, right now it is wildly frustrating watching him because this is not where it should be. He should be better on both ends of the floor and it just isn't there. He absolutely should. But when he's saying my effort should be better, this is, nationally televised there's yeah. no other, other games on you're on a special floor everybody in the nba media sphere is there right and yep. like they've made this into a big deal adam silver wants this to be a big thing and you're one win away from five hundred thousand dollars which i know zion's got this huge contract but still we've seen this matters to players lebron was lebron's lebron is literally a billionaire and he's talking about how much he wants yeah. to win $500,000. I love the quote about uh, somebody asked him, aren't you too old to be taking charges? And he's like, no, I'm 500 is on the line. Right, exactly. <laughs> I loved that. That was great. <laughs> so that's that's concerning. This wasn't just a random Thursday night game, you know, in, in December. There, there was a lot more to this. And he didn't, like, get up for that game. But then the, the prior game against the Kings, he was, just, again, just kind of there. That's concerning. Keith, is this a situation, though, where suddenly we get the surprise Zion trade right before the deadline and he goes to like New York or something and then he's putting up 25 and 10 every night? Is that is that the path that we're heading down here? Like, is that if his efforts not here for this game, is it his location needs to move and then suddenly he's going to go back to being Zion? Yeah, I don't think so. Just because of what you said, like if you're not going to bring it in Las Vegas with everybody watching, I'm just. Yeah done sure you're going to bring it anywhere and it may be one of those where you're traded and you put in supreme effort and you you look like this whole new player for a month or two months and yeah. then the next year starts and it just is what it is i just think that's that's what he is like i just think it's you know at this point it's been i'm not like i just that end of the floor is not where i'm going to put in the effort and that was i i used my pre-draft comp for zion was larry mm-hmm. johnson that's who yeah. he reminded me of. Super explosive, not real uh, tall, but but really played bigger than his height kind of player. And now I'm afraid, like, is it Larry Johnson, but without the serviceable jump shot, which I get by today's standards, Larry Johnson would not be a good shooter. But back then he became a very serviceable jump shooter. And it's like, if that's where Zion is this early in his career, that's, that's, that's a collective failure. And that's a loss for all of us, right? Like it just, it, it just doesn't, it, it feels bad, right? We, we really you know, want to see it be in a spot where this guy plays, you know, better because that's better for all of us as basketball fans. I just, you know, it's, yeah, I, I'm, I, I was so aggravated and annoyed because nothing upsets me more with the game of basketball than a natural talent that just goes wait wanting because they don't put in the effort level like that just kills me i I think that the nba has got an issue here where at some point lebron's gonna sail off into the sunset Mm -hmm. right at some point that that's going to happen and so far all of the guys that are supposed to be the next big super marketable player aside from maybe your guy jason tatum 
they're all kind of in terms of American players, they're all kind of fallen by the ways. I mean, Jaws got all his stuff going on. Ben Simmons has has collapsed in, in on himself. Zion's got this thing going going on now where he's putting up 10 points in like a in critical games and not looking like he's showing any effort. I, I don't I don't know. Like for the NBA, they've got to be a little bit concerned right now that like it's not a problem that your biggest stars are are foreign or from all, all over the place, but it's it's concerning from the perspective of you don't really have the next great American star aside from from Jason Tatum, right? Maybe that's a, a big issue for Team USA moving forward as well, unless we continue to see a rise from Tyrese Halliburton. And perhaps that's part of why Tyrese Halliburton is, is getting so much buzz. Not only is he fantastic, sure. but oh my gosh, everybody else is just collapsing. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could be. I I, I think you're, you you might be on to something with that. So we'll we'll see You know where this all goes. But yeah, let's hope. Guys, let's get some questions coming in in the chat because this is really the idea for this whole show is it's your show. So let, let us know what you all want to talk about here. But yeah, we'll, um, you know, a couple things from Woj, uh, if you want, from uh, from his thing. Maybe that'll spark some stuff yeah, for sure. uh, here. So uh, one of the questions he was asked is, what's a storyline you're keeping a close eye on this season? What it was related to a team. Which team do you think he said? Oh, and it was related um, to like trades and all that. Oh, related to, to trades. I mean, I'd have to imagine he's talking. He's keeping an eye on the Bulls, right? Nope, he didn't say the Bulls. He said the Toronto Raptors. Oh, okay, uh, that would have been my second guess. Yep, the Toronto Raptor, Raptors' decision on a future direction, meaning whether they will decide to seriously make Pascal Siakam and OG and Obi available for trades. So that mm -hmm. I thought was was pretty interesting. Um, he was asked to the Kings. Um go after something he said they're in a great position uh with their roster draft picks and salary cap situation to make big hand small deals they're dealing from a position of leverage uh, he was asked if he's going to break the Shohei Otani news and he said to leave that to Jeff Passan to do which is funny that one is really funny the Shohei Otani thing yeah because I and I commented on this on Twitter if you just search Otani there's like five fan bases that are all convinced they're getting him um and I, if you haven't oh, yeah. been following it sounds like he's gonna announced today or by the end of the weekend at the latest man the pup is uh he is insistent today on this he's excited um, about today's show he's fired up man uh he said uh boyan bogdanovich was in great demand at the last trade deadline and will be so again uh detroit's mm -hmm. had a brutal start but wants to see what this group looks like healthy uh there will be a number of contenders interested in acquiring uh bogdanovich so that was was interesting uh there um he was asked about would they consider making the IST um, a playoff spot or a home court advantage in the playoffs um, on the line with that? And he said, no, they pretty much are going to leave it to the financial um, aspect with this. I, I've also heard that, too, because the NBA doesn't want this turning into, hey, you get a guaranteed playoff spot if you win the in-season tournament, because then that completely uh, – reverses the intention of this it makes it then the rest of the regular season is all right what do we care right we're already in the right. playoffs so yep. so there's that um what would the bucks do uh and he talked about i'm not gonna read it. it's a longer longer answer but he talked about how they used a lot of their um, assets already to get to this point so they don't have a whole lot so it mm -hmm. might be a little bit of the uh uh buyout market for him again though let's remember they're over the apron so maybe it makes more than the non-tax pair bid level of 12.4 million they won't be able to get there uh 
he he was asking does he how does he feel about his scoops being called Woj bombs? He didn't answer that. He basically said, I love how passionate the fans are um yeah. about this stuff. I doubt uh, he cares. Yeah. That was really kind of it, you know, from from this. So just you know, again, something we'll probably hear a little bit more from here over on uh threads from Woj. All right. Um let's see. I had some questions. Oh, what do you think trade packages for OG looks like? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, that's, so, the, like the Raptors, they keep being this team, and I think the Raptors are definitely a team to watch, but they've been a team to watch for years at the deadline, and they keep just declining to do anything. Um, hopefully we don't walk down that same path here again this year, but if it was, what, what was it last year? It was three firsts, I think, that they wanted for yeah, OG? That's what, yeah, that was the reported, was three firsts plus young players. So. Is it three real firsts or, I mean, because we, we talk about that, the value yeah. is different among first round picks, but what, what do you think is a realistic trade package then for OG and Anobi? And is that realistic? Three, three first round picks? If they're real yeah. firsts? It's what gets tricky with OG is if you're trading for him, you have to feel good that you're going to be able to keep him. Right. Cause otherwise if it turns into a, a stretch run rental, that gets really kind of, you know, messy, then you're probably not giving up three first plus the matching salary, young talent. Mm -hmm. So I like to think of these things in terms of like three to four assets, whether it be draft picks, young players that you can grow with. Cause that's they, they, those two things end up being very similar type things. Um, you know, in terms of a player and a pick. So I always think about it that way. So I think, you know, probably for me, I would say two real like assets and then maybe you know something extra yeah. on top of that to to you know push you over the top and there's some teams i feel like like from memphis for example i think he'd be a perfect fit there feels like they're really they're they're interesting i talked earlier about how you got to know when the right time to go all in is this is like memphis is now teetering on the other side of did you miss it 
right? right. Did, were you too precious with your own draft picks and young players? Did you miss that window? So they feel like a team they could, I'd be okay if they gave like an extra thing in a trade to really juice the package to go get them. If again, the intention was we're going to keep, keep these guys uh, coming in, you know, keep them around. So that's probably where I'd be at is, you know, two, a player in a pick or two really good, like two actual good picks. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of go from there. Do you think the Raptors actually do something this year? And I know who knows, but, but is this the year that they find, I mean, they lost Fred Van Vliet for nothing. Yeah. Because they didn't do anything at the deadline. Did Kyle they Lowry did they learn their lesson? Florida for nothing. Um, I know yeah. it was a sign and trade, but well, yeah, yeah, you, you know what I mean. But yeah, I hope like because I, I I feel very confident Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi won't both be back next year. You cannot have another year where you play Siakam, Ananobi, and Barnes all together if you're committed to Yakum Pertle being your starting five. Yeah. You just can't. It's you you don't have enough spacing. You don't have enough creation ability. So one one's gotta go. And if you're just gonna let the guys walk away, trade them. Like they have at least some modicum of trade value. Mm -hmm. Trade them either in a in a trade where you kind of start a new iteration and you I'm not saying a full blown blow it up rebuild, but just kind of start moving in a different direction or trade them in a balancing type trade where like, like what the Kings did when they got traded Halliburton for Sabonis, that was yeah. a balancing type trade, right? Where do they, they, do they regret that? You think? I don't think so. Here's my thing. They made the playoffs, right? For the first yeah. time after, you know, a decade and a half. Sabonis is, was an all NBA level guy. He's very, very good. So I don't think the Kings have any regret. De'Aaron Fox has grown into being an all NBA level player. And who knows if he's splitting ball handling reps with Tyrese Halliburton, does that happen? And I feel very confident Tyrese Halliburton doesn't become what he has become if he's still with the Kings. Because again, yeah. he wouldn't have an offense where it's everything's tailored around him and his skill set. So I think it's a, you know, I I, I still think that's a, a win-win trade for both sides. I know that, you know, we live in this world where we have to declare a winner and a loser yep. on everything, but I think they both got what they wanted. So, but back to the Raptors, that that's maybe the direction I think they could go in. But I think to your bigger issue, I have no faith they're going to. Like, I think they may just continue to play this thing out, be a middling team, maybe make the play in tournament, and then somebody walks away and they just kind of go, and then that's, you know, they just do more of the same next season. I I, I feel very weird about the way they're building that team. I think a lot of teams could talk themselves into Siakam being a great fit with them, and so he'd be an interesting potential trade chip, but his contract situation moving forward would, would certainly be something to keep an eye on with that. Um, all right. So here's a super chat came in from Mario. If you had the number one pick and both Cooper flag and Cameron Boozer were available, which one would you pick to start your franchise? I, I haven't watched enough of both of these guys to be able to definitively say just based on buzz. I think Cooper flag is, is the guy, but Keith, I know you've spent a little more time watching these guys. Where, where would you land? Yeah. Cameron Boozer is very, very good, but I would pick Cooper flag. I think Cooper flag reminds me of, a guy who is going to have a very good all-around offensive skill set. I think he'll be similar to like what Utah Gordon Hayward looked like. Mm -hmm. And then I'll use another Utah uh, player um, from uh, the defensive side of the ball. I think he can be a lot like Andre Karolenko, 
who was oh. prologued a long time, one of the best defensive players in the league. Yeah. Because he's got great size. He's just a really good intuitive shot blocker. Um, for a guy who's about six foot eight, he'll probably finish. My guess is Cooper Flag will grow to be about six foot nine or so. And then when he fills out, he'll become an even better rebounder. But he's got good range on his jump shot. Shots inconsistent right now. That's probably the biggest thing he needs work on, but he can attack off the dribble. He can do things as a role man uh, and pick and roll. So I, I like Cameron Boozer a lot, but I would go with Cooper Flag at the moment. All right. I think this is an interesting question. Uh, what did you guys think of the atmosphere of the in-season tournament in Las Vegas? And should it always be played in Las Vegas? Or should this be something kind of like the Super Bowl or something where it rotates? It goes to different, different cities. Um, I kind of liked that the crowd was darkened. Uh, in in the building there, <laughs> yeah. I thought that so was... did the TV because it should the NBA because it showed uh, just uh, didn't show how empty the building was for the first game. Well, the first game, yeah. Well, yeah. but they, they'll put the first game on at two o'clock. Like yeah, if you want the, if you want the building to be full, that was yeah. that was I mean mind numbingly yeah. just terrible decision. But yep. but um, it wasn't a bad look uh, as far as the atmosphere goes. I I honestly when I'm I'm doing the play by play for the games. So I'm not hearing a lot of what the crowd noises are or anything like that. So I couldn't tell what the reaction was per se. Um, as far as should it always be in Vegas, maybe that it, this changes when Vegas gets a team. Mm -hmm. But for now, I think so. I mean, Vegas has become like the NBA's meeting point, right? It's, yeah. it's We see it for, for Summer League, um, which I don't think is going to change even when Vegas does get a team. But I think if Vegas does get a team when that happens, then maybe at least I think you keep Summer League there. The in-season tournament, I guess you could switch that around to different cities, but you get people will fly to Vegas. If the in-season tournament is having their final in Milwaukee, say, and it's the Orlando Magic against the Clippers or something, are people flying to Milwaukee to go to go see it as a destination? Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's that's the issue that I would see with with moving it around to different cities. Yeah, I think so. There was a lot of things working against that Pacers um, Bucks game. The timing yeah. was insane. That can't be a thing next year. Put it. Put these games. Figure out a way. Put them on a Wednesday, so you're not going against the Thursday night NFL game. If that's the concern, figure mm -hmm. it out. The whole we also didn't need you know two plus hours in between games to do whatever that concert thing. I didn't even understand it, which obviously I'm not the target audience for that, but then they also used people who are um, people I listen to like Nelly and uh, TLC. So like maybe I was the target audience and if I would didn't care for it, then whatever. But anyway, that, that you got to do, these games should be played at like seven and nine 30 or seven 30 and 10. Just mm -hmm. use your normal windows like you do. If you want to start them a little earlier, like maybe, you know, you could go with, you know, a six 30 tip, but a five uh, Eastern, which is 2 PM local tip is just terrible. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how you make sure the building gets filled up because by the second game, Lakers fans, it obviously snatched up all the tickets because it's a it's drivable, right? You can yeah. shoot right over uh, from L.A., go to the game, and a bunch of them probably probably were back home in time for work today 
if they needed to be like probably yeah. wasn't, you know, that's, that's very doable. Um, it's obviously Las Vegas is a huge Lakers town. We see it every summer at summer league. The, you and I have been there together sitting next to each other when it's, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're covering Joel Ayayi is the most interesting player on the Lakers. That's right. Summer league roster. And it's still the building's half full with yep. Laker fans because you know, they, they, that's what it's happens. Close. So, so yeah, so it's, um, I, I think, the players like the idea. They've met multiple players, at least 10, 15 players talked about like, Hey, a trip to Vegas in the middle of the year. Not, not bad. Like they're yep. into it. Once to your point, once they get their own team, if you're making a trip there once or twice a year, every year, anyway, it might not be as big of a draw. So then maybe you can look at moving it around by NCAA final four style, where you, you send it to different cities and all that. I think the big thing is you got to, don't send it to cold weather places because the players aren't going to be happy. You know, send no. it to warm weather cities. You know, you could even put it in places where there aren't teams. You know, you could like send it to like oh. San Diego. Yeah, that's you know, where idea. there's not a team and kind of you know let let them experience it. Now somebody asked like, do you think it could get big enough where you could play it in football stadiums? Like you know people do now. It can't. It's not going to be an outdoor stadium because it's not going to do that. But yeah, you could get it like the NCAA Final Four and play it in a football stadium if if it turns into that big of a thing. So that's certainly possible. I, you know, they're going to make tweaks. They're going to make adjustments to this. They'll figure it out, but it's definitely not going anywhere. It is here to stay at least for, for sure. the next several years. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Absolutely. It is. Uh, yeah. I think they, they could move it around. Just, it's a matter of, do you get people treating it as a destination experience and going to yeah. the game there? So, and as long as that is, is a yes, then they are, then, then yeah, you can move it all over the place if you wanted to. Uh, yep. Darren said, I hear the Spurs are taking for Isaiah Collier or Nikola Topic. Uh, what do you think about those two prospects? And do does this hurt Wemby's chance for winning rookie of the year? So the fact that the, the Spurs are struggling so badly, does this hurt uh, Wemby's chance of winning that rookie of the year? Yeah, I think so. Because right now, um, Cade Cunningham, or Cade Cunningham, Chet, Chet. Holmgren <laughs> is, uh, is playing so well. Yeah. Um, right now so that leads us to like he may be like ahead because a lot of times what happens in rookie of the year it's a lot more about um stats than it is mm -hmm. anything else because generally rookies aren't on very good teams Holmgren happens to be on a very good team so you get into a spot where if there's a tiebreaker to be used they'll use that as a tiebreaker and Holmgren's stats are not far off of Wembenyama's either so right now yeah I think it is hurting him a little I don't know if they're tanking as much as they're just bad. Yeah. I, I think they might just be bad. Um, Isaiah Collier, it's uh, it's Topich, so you say it kind of like Jokic. Oh, um, okay. I know it's spelled it. topic, but it's it's a, it, it's one of those accents on the C. Um, Makes sense. And he's from Serbia too, because I, I swear to God, every player that comes out of Serbia is named Nikola, and it somehow rhymes with Jokic lately. That's uh, right. So we also have like Nikola Jovic, right, um, with the Heat. So yeah, I mean, both of those guys would be good picks for them because they need a point guard. The point Sohan stuff. It's not going to be a thing. They're already showing signs of maybe moving away from it a little bit. Both of those guys look like they're going to be, you know, starting level ball handlers. The Spurs obviously have had a great deal of success with international players. Collier to me is the, the higher level guy right now, but it's also the beginning of December. So we've got, you know, six plus months to go before it's draft time. So mm -hmm. we'll see, but I, I like Nikola Topic too. He does play pretty well. Well, I mean, as far as the Spurs tanking again, I don't, I don't think they are tanking. I think that, like you said, they're they're just a bad team, um, and it's it's a 
I like that the NBA doesn't put a, so much of a focus on rookies winning, as mm-hmm. you're saying. Like yeah. the MVP, like you're not going to get a team that's not in the playoffs Correct. having an MVP player. So it's not going to happen. Um, that is so much. The team success matters so much with that. Defensive player of the year, team success matters so much with that. Rookie of the year, I don't think it should be as as connected, but it it has to matter a little bit. And when Chet and Wemby are already going to be seen as pretty close and Chet's already having such a great season, that probably does give give Chet a, an edge there. So, yeah, I, I do we're going to get it, the whole dumb argument of Chet's not a rookie again, yep. which he is. It doesn't matter how you believe about that. The NBA says if you've never played in a game, you're a rookie and he's never played in a game. So, yeah, you know, but yeah. Yep. That's a great question, though. I a really good question. Yeah, for sure. All right. We had another Let's one see. in there. I think we had another. Uh, maybe I missed it. Okay. Um, looking through here. It. Oh, Mario asked, would Europe be an option for the in-season tournament final? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Could that be a yeah, tough sell with the players? Maybe. Because your challenge is, like, you're, yeah, you're, like, when they do that Paris game, that's basically the only game those teams play for an entire week. They go over like three mm-hmm. days early to adjust. They play the game. They come back home. And they have like three, four more days to readjust. And then they get back into their schedule. I don't, maybe you could do that with this. Cause that is kind of what's going to happen here a little. And I would say you would probably send the whole, like all, you know, the final four teams over there and do, do something like that. So maybe, um, I, I just think there's a lot of other places they try in the States first. Before yeah. they go overseas. Somebody asked an expansion question. That's what I was looking for. And I can't find it now. Um, oh, I did see that one. It was. Oh, it was something to the effect of, oh, when they announce expansion, could they be announcing four teams rather than two? It was something to yeah. that effect. So that's a really great question. And I think your challenge with the four versus two becomes, I don't know that they want to add four teams right away. I maybe now if we go way back, probably before a lot of people watching were born, yeah. uh, when they brought in the Heat, Hornets, Magic, and Timberwolves, they brought in two one year and then two the next season. Uh, the Heat and Hornets started in 1988, and then the Magic and Timberwolves started in 1989. Um, and that was the way they broke it up. I don't know that the NBA would even do that this time around. I think it is far more likely what we see is they – uh, bring in two teams soonish, right? Whatever the next wave is, whenever that may be, probably three ish years from now, maybe four. Mm-hmm. Then after that, uh, maybe three, four years after that, we go with two more teams, um, come in like that. I don't think they're going to do four teams right away. I, I think that you run the risk then of you do dilute things a little too much. Yeah, uh, because you're gonna, you know, that's a lot of guys to pull off of other teams. That's a uh, big expansion draft, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Big expansion draft. You dilute the NBA draft, and it just becomes a little bit messy if you do that. So, okay, let's assume the first run through, it's going to be Seattle and Vegas. Yeah. Who's the next two? It, it, let's say the NBA does say we're going to do two, and then but maybe it's two years later, three years sure. later, whatever. We're going to do two more. Who's the next two? Like who should should those cities be? 
there's definitely going to be an international city in there. It'll either be Vancouver, Montreal, maybe yeah. Mexico City. Um, there's still Mexico City. We're into we're really into kind of the second year of the um, Capitans down there because what's happened is one of the years was really wiped out because of COVID. Um, so we're really into year two uh, of them being like a real thing. So the league still has a lot of stuff they're figuring out with Mexico City being a viable option for more than one or two regular season games a year and more than a G league team. So mm -hmm. could be right. Could, could be, be, be on the table. I think um, Vancouver has made it known. They would like a team. Adam silver himself said Montreal has reached out. Clearly the Raptors are wildly popular. And for all that people think like, well, Toronto's all of Canada. I can tell you it is it's not, not. No. Um, you know, Vancouver is you know, as far away from Toronto as you know, uh, Seattle is from Detroit. Yep. So that's, um, you know, so Vancouver, there's still a lot of bad feelings about how that went down too. Yeah. Uh, with Vancouver, they, they, it's, it's, it is one of the best cities in the world too. It is beautiful in Vancouver. So I think there's a chance I, my guess is it would be at least one, if not two international teams. And then we're probably, if it's another U S team, you might see Louisville get a team. They've been pushing really, really hard uh, to get a team. I, there's, there's some other places people have mentioned, like, like here locally, people are like, well, they should put a team in Tampa. But Orlando would do everything they could to kill that because yeah. that's part of their market. People have talked about San Diego. Well, the Lakers and Clippers, they already have to share a market. They don't want to share any more of yeah. Southern California than they have to. So yeah, the Clippers so can just go back. Like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, they could, yeah. I mean, that's that was mentioned multiple times. Now we get the other dogs checking it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, but it's coming, right? Expansion is coming. I think we all know it's going to be Seattle and Vegas. It's Adam Silver can say there's been no, uh, you know, discussions and all that stuff, but it's certainly going to be a uh, thing. How would expansion teams affect the in-season tournament groups? Who knows? You yeah, know, by the time we get there, like it, it doesn't even the like, in-season tournament it, groups could look totally different exactly, by that time because yeah. they're, they're yeah. going to tinker with the it conferences could look different and the schedule. I think they're going to use expansion as a way to really try to hey let's let's do some restructuring to yep. our entire uh, season and the way this stuff all fully works. I don't think they're going conference list. That's not going to be a thing. I don't think we're going top sixteen for the playoffs or anything like that. But I do think they're going to restructure some stuff beyond just moving one team to the east which would be at a bare minimum what would need to happen this is what comes up all the time people say if seattle and <laughs> vegas come in which two teams go east it's only one. Would be one team yeah. one team would would go east yeah. so that it, it remains balanced if you sent two teams and no longer you'd have balance uh but who does go keith what just when i look at the map and i look at the map of nba teams i know you can make an argument for memphis you can make an argument for new orleans i suppose I, I think it should be the Wolves because they're close to so many Eastern Conference yeah. teams and they're not close to any Western Conference teams. It would change their their whole travel situation. So the Wolves are the team that makes sense to me, even though you can make an argument for those other teams as well. Yeah, we could see, right, because they'd be at 32 teams, we could see them redo things like NFL style where it is like there's eight, four team divisions maybe and that's how they break it all down. And then you could really get kind of funky in how you read uh, check some stuff, but it's still East West is always going to be kind of a natural dividing line. My guess is it would be either Memphis or Minnesota for the reasons you mentioned. Memphis is the furthest East uh, geographically, mm -hmm. but 
and they are close to a handful of teams. But sure. like you said, Minnesota, I mean, they're like right there with Milwaukee and Chicago, like a right there for them. Um, so that would be very close. And then you get into when people mention New Orleans, yes, they are, you know, somewhat east, but I think the challenge for New Orleans is they're also closer to like Houston and yeah. Dallas and San Antonio than Minnesota is to some of their teams. I think I think the NBA, if it's Seattle and Las Vegas, they're gonna do some full restructuring because that north the northwest division as we know it today it's just it's the weirdest division and maybe all of sports because yeah. of the way these teams are aligned i know the the nfc east is goofy and weird but that's because there's years of rivalries that the the nfl doesn't want to break up uh with that one but there's yeah there, there's a lot of weird stuff so we'll see all right, let's uh, let's finish up with this. How do we feel about the Lakers Boston matchup? Wish we could see it. Well, we're going to see it in a few weeks. It's yeah. going to be a Christmas yeah. Day matchup. Christmas yeah, yeah, which is a little fun. weird, right? That's a feels like that's the NBA using one of their big drawing cards on a day where they're big drawing cards anyway. But yeah, it'll it'll be fun. I'm, I'm sure everyone's going to keep the Christmas spirit and stay perfectly rational and be very of nice course. to each other across social media. There will so. be no Grinches. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. Well, the Grinch is green, and he does win in the end. So maybe, maybe, maybe we get some foreshadowing going on. His there, his but... his heart had to grow three sizes in order in yeah. order to yeah. in order to, yeah. to change his. Uh, by the yeah, way, the... it's going to be fun, right? Lakers Celtics. Yeah. Is, it doesn't matter who is playing. I mean, there's been years of where both teams have stunk, and it's always fun. So yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, that's going to be uh, the, it'll be fun. It'll be an exciting one. Which uh, do you rock with the classic Grinch cartoon? Do you do the yeah. Jim Carrey one? Do you do the new like the CGI one that they've that they've got that had uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as as the Grinch? Which, which one do you go to? I've not seen the last one you mentioned. I didn't even know that was a thing. It's, it's good. Um, it's good. Is it? Yeah. I, I like the classic. The Jim Carrey one is funny. Like he did a good job. It, it, as, as the Grinch, and I thought it was funny, but I, the classic one is, you know, that one's still always good. What always shocks me with all of those, how short they all are. I swear, as kids, those things ran for like two hours. Right. And it was like all those shows were like two hours long. And then you put them on, it's like, oh, it's been 40 minutes and it's over. And it's over. Like, yeah, it's just weird. I, I felt like, you know, maybe that was because I was, I was one of those kids until I started playing sports regularly. Like I was a Saturday morning cartoon kid, like put yeah. cartoons on and I was there. Uh, now he's, he's questioning like, how do we feel about the finals? Um, the guy who asked about Celtics Lakers. Well, yes, we always, that's going to be the one we root for forever right. for as long as we'll always root for it. But for as long as they're tied in titles, that's what we want is for the two teams to break it in a matchup against each other head to head. So that's, you know, yeah, we're, we're, we always want to see that one. So, but. We'll see. Yeah, that would be, and the NBA would love to see that as well. Um, Ryan said, it's just nice to have your team playing on Christmas. <laughs> Who's your team, Ryan? Not, shout it back before we wrap up. Not not from my perspective. Yeah. It's not like yeah. I, it turns I look, a work day into a full work day. Exactly. It's a, it's it's like a status thing, like the top teams get to play on Christmas and all of that. And so that's, that's cool and everything. But I would like Christmas Day to just be able to, to relax and not have to work that day. But yeah, yeah. it would be nice. But uh, alas, nice. here we are. Yo, and the oh heat. I mean, the Heat are playing this year, I believe. I, I'm almost positive, right? They play in the. Yeah, they're playing the eight o'clock game against the 76ers, hosting yeah. it. Maybe yeah, he's saying maybe he's there's no there's maybe no he's sarcasm just, he there. Just he's just like, saying it is yeah. nice to have your team play on Christmas. Yeah, it's it. 
the players do appreciate it, then I think you get to a point where LeBron's talked about this, where it's like now it's just assumed he's going to be playing on Christmas. But he did talk about Stephen Curry talked about it, where there's a point where it's like I've done it 10, 12 times. Yeah. Like I don't really it would be nice to wake up and spend the day at home uh, with the family. Um, so I kind of get it, but yeah, I, I think, um, you know, there's there. Uh, just last one we'll do. Dan, the man says, is there a success of the IST providing cash incentives? Do they do the same for the all-star game? They already do. And guys don't yeah. care enough. The difference is the all-star game is very much seen as a full scale exhibition. That means nothing. So yeah. that's why you just, you get the half effort you get in that now if somebody asked me this next game other than the the, the winning the, the title of in-season tournament champion in the money doesn't mean anything right this game doesn't count for regular season up mm-hmm. until now they all have uh so somebody asked me like could we see guys go half speed i don't think so i think guys are motivated enough that yeah. they want to win this thing um so i think yeah i think tomorrow night saturday night uh we're gonna get a pretty good show um, but yeah, I mean, we'll be watching a little bit. I mean, and it's hard to say if one team races away from the other. Yeah. Then you could see teams really kind of shut it down. There's no right. reason to push super hard, but yeah, so far guys are really pushing. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's been a success, you know, by almost any measure, you know, the, the, maybe the courts that's, that's the one the that's, court, that needs to be tweaked, but <laughs> yeah, but even the final seen... court too, that's a little, yeah. yeah. And you know what? I'll say this and I'm not preaching to the Laker fans here at all. The Lakers should have been allowed to wear their black jerseys. It doesn't make sense. Looked. Yeah, it was. I, I like until I saw the court. I was like, all right, yeah. If it's not going to look good and it's going to make it real messy, I, but I assumed yeah, the like, court was black. Yeah, like I, I assumed yeah, that's I assumed that's, that's what it had to be. Was okay. It makes sense. The court must be black, and then they can't wear a black jersey. Yeah. And then I saw the court, and I went, Yeah. They why would you not be able to wear a black jersey on that court? I saw. Do you know where the courts actually came from? Like I Where? found this out. They are apparently the, you know how the NCAA tournament uses the same court. They always paint, like they paint the baseline and sidelines blue. They're apparently repurposed NCAA tournament courts. That's oh. where they got them from. And that's the what the paint jobs did. And then they'll repaint them, obviously, once this is complete back to the NCAA tournament colors. So I thought that was that's interesting. Good. That's where a lot of them came from, apparently. So, that is interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's funny with all these court things. I know I actually talked to somebody about this here in Orlando. They're one of the concerns all the teams have is you keep giving us all these courts, right? Because they all have these alternate courts now. Yeah. Too. Not all, but a lot Where of do them store do. Them? Yeah, there's only so much place to store these things. And like in a place like crypto, you've got Lakers and Clippers and the Kings there. So there's only so much place to put all this stuff in these arenas, like the, the, the bowels of these arenas are only so, so big. You can only, you know, put so many courts and, uh, you know, hockey boards and all the other stuff you need to need to put in there. So it's, uh, it's just something to think about. So we'll see Uh winner of IST should get an extra win. No, I disagree with that. That's, don't make it discount the regular season at all. Like yeah. we, it's fine. If it's, it's separate thing, we'll, we'll see if these, if the Pacers and Lakers come out and play this, like an all-star game, because it doesn't count for any real thing in the standings, then I reserve the right to change my mind. I don't, think I'd be going to. So yeah, I th- think they'll, um, you know, go, go that way. Um, there was one other thing that I thought I saw here that I wanted to touch on, but I don't remember what it was. So we'll call it good. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us. Another fun front office Friday. Oh, I'm supposed to do the yell. 
Yeah, you That's are. Right. Yeah, close right. it out that way, my close, friend. To close things out, thank you, everybody, for joining us on Front Office Friday. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta. You gotta add a little bit of gravel to the voice with that one. You sounded like you were gonna be like at the max, Bigfoot, Bigfoot, Bigfoot. It's Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I love it. Friday, Friday, Friday. Monster trucks and the NBA. Yeah, there we go. That's what they should do. They should play an NBA game with monster trucks driving around the court. There it is. That's how we make it good. The chat, the chat, chat. I think is like, all right, this show went off the rails. Yeah, they're like, and we're out of here. Garrett says worth it. He, uh, he, he, gave, right. he gave you the, the, the strong there. We need somebody. Somebody's going to drop the emoji with the snorting emoji. There it is. And that's tough. Trevor with his Christian Bale Batman voice. <laughs> uh, that is that that is good. That is what it kind of kind of counted. It the, like. That's so, yeah. That's right. What what is what does he say? He he does the I'm I'm Batman, but uh, it's the uh, fear me. I think he says. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Some, yeah. Something like that. Fear front office Friday. You know? <laughs> I like when you did it too. You lowered your head so that I had was to cover in your oh. eyes. You look a little scary there. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, we All have- right. <laughs> well, thank you everybody for joining us. Now my voice is shot. Till next time. (laughs) See ya. And stay safe.